When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. What silver to buy in 2019? You know, this is going to be a bit of a laid-back video. Not a ton of structure, certainly no script or, or show notes or anything like that for me to go off of. I just want to talk about what I like to buy and kind of my take on some different silver products from generics to government to you know anything else right I'm not going to cover everything under the sun but but I'll do my best to kind of hit some of the big points here and, and this was a, a question and a topic that was suggested by uh, David one of my uh, longtime patreon supporters so thank you David for your question and thank you of course for your your support and, and the many conversations we've had over the last year plus but anyways getting into this uh, discussion I, I want to start off with a little bit of my philosophy right now you know silver depending on how you look at it fortunately or unfortunately is about two dollars and fifty cents more expensive per ounce right now compared to uh, some points during the second half of 2018 so I mean it's great that this silver what I would call the silver bull market has finally gotten started, uh, but on the other hand, you know, it's $2.50 an ounce extra that I'm going to be paying on each ounce, so that's a bit of a bummer, but if you look uh, across the broader you know, lens of, of the last you know, 10 years, uh, this is still relatively cheap prices, right? Uh, it was, you know, the first half of 2018 that silver was caught in this, this uh pattern this this uh range between 16 and 17 dollars an ounce and and back then you know if, if you probably check out some of my videos you would hear me saying yeah it's a bargain right it's still pretty inexpensive you know this is still not that far off the lows and this is still kind of where silver has been for a good chunk of time going back to 2013 2014 right uh so from that perspective uh, it's it's not really changing my buying habits. If anything, you know, I haven't been buying as much lately, just because my own you know personal finances having less uh, uh, disposable income, if you want to call it that, disposable uh, for for silver and gold, right? Um, but some of my philosophies regarding uh, premiums and whatnot haven't really changed a whole lot. You know, when it comes to generic, it's really got to be something special, right? Borderline not generic for me to be willing to to pay a bit of a higher premium on it right so usually when i'm looking at generic stuff which i'll get into here in a second what i like i'm still kind of shooting for that that benchmark of a dollar or less over spot now i mean there's going to be some ex exceptions like let's say scottsdale mint um they they put out some excellent uh 10 ounce 20 ounce bars and and that's usually about the only thing I'd, I'd even consider touching from Scottsdale because the other stuff's a little bit higher premium. Now, they make some great coins, which maybe in the future I could pick up, but but some of their other, you know, stacker bars and, and whatnot, they uh, 
the premium's a little too high for my liking. But but the 10 ounce, 20 ounce, they run deals on them. I think it's like a buck 49, buck 99 over spot. And those are great, great cast bars and, and possibly even worth, you know, paying that slightly higher premium. So that would be, you know, one of the few exceptions. But as a whole, uh, if, if I'm just buying a 10 ounce bar or rounds or something along those lines, yeah, I'm going to still shoot for that goal of, of a dollar or less. If I can't find it for that, then I might just look at other options that, that offer me a little bit more value for a slightly higher premium. Uh, in terms of, of non-generic, so so government-minted stuff at least, uh, I'm still mostly sticking to the cheaper stuff, right? And so that means American Silver Eagles, which are not the cheapest bullion out there. They're maybe the most common, especially stateside, of, of uh, government-minted coins. Uh, but, of course, there's that $2 premium that is kind of built in by the U.S. Mint on every coin, right? It's pretty hard to find it below that, right? Not not so that you can't, uh, but it's pretty difficult to. Uh, so in addition to that, uh, in terms of, of cheap uh, government-minted bullion, one of the options that I've really liked as of late is Austrian Philharmonics. It's a fairly inexpensive in terms of premium, right? It's it's comparable to, to maple leaves, even cheaper in some cases. Uh, but it's government minted, Austrian Philharmonics. And it's, you know, one of the higher minted, one of the more popular uh, uh, coins over in Europe, right? Uh, so is, is it have the recognizability of an eagle or, or Canadian maple leaf? No, at least not here in the United States, which is kind of what matters to me, but it has something. And so it's it's something I'm willing to, to pay at slightly higher premium for. And what's crazy about it is is some of the deals that have been able, you might be able to find over the last you know, year or two is, I mean, the, the premium is comparable to what you'd find on a lot of, of generic stuff, right? Unless the generic stuff goes on sale. And so uh, that's one that I've really been kind of eyeing up. Uh, Maple Leafs, uh, uh, Australian kangaroos. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. There's some other ones out there. I mean, those are the two other kind of big, inexpensive government bullion that I would consider, you know, stacking in a, a higher amount. Like, you know, for me buying a full roll or building up to a roll or two of, of each of those, uh, because they're they're more inexpensive. There's some other ones too. There, there's the uh, Armenian Noah's Ark. Fairly low premium, but I'm not sure if you're quite getting the value in terms of of any sort of recognizability or something like that out of out of those coins, just because they're they're relatively new and, and Armenia is relatively small country. It's for more more Eastern Europe, and yeah, not not necessarily my cup of tea. I bought those in the past, and they're they're beautiful coins. I, I love the uh, symbolism on them of of the Noah's Ark, right? Uh, but Again, you know, if you're looking for value, I'd, I'd rather buy Eagles, Maple Leafs, uh, uh, Philharmonics, um, you know, and there's some other ones too, Britannias, whatever. So, so you guys have seen those. That's kind of my take on, on government bullion right now and, and uh, you know, what I'm really willing to kind of pay that premium for. In terms of, of generic stuff, uh, mostly, you know, one-ounce rounds. Uh, the, I, I like those. Be, because of, you know, it goes kind of back to my philosophy of, you know, if I can choose between a, a higher uh, or sm- smaller pieces of silver versus one big piece of silver, I'm usually going to pick the smaller pieces, assuming the premium is, is the same, 
right? So unfortunately, fractional silver, like like quarter ounce, half ounce, tenth ounce silver, is you know usually carries a higher premium, anywhere from from you know two two and a half dollars to like I don't know ten dollars over spot, right? On on like fractional silver, we'll we'll forget junk silver or constitutional silver here for a second. And so I usually don't go for that, but one ounce rounds are, are usually very comparable to something like a 10 ounce bar or five ounce bar, right? Um, it's pretty hard to find a lower uh, premium unless you're going up to something like a 100 ounce generic silver bar. So so I usually go for one ounce. Not to say I never buy the 10 ounce, right? Sometimes it's a deal. Sometimes I just, you know, want the bar or something. But but the advantage of the one ounce is, is they're a little bit more liquid. They're easier to sell and... Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's some other maybe not super accurate reasons, but but you know the idea that maybe one ounce rounds are, are less likely to be faked, maybe more easy to detect a fake uh, in those types of rounds uh, because you're looking more at just the dimensions and whatnot, and and it's less likely to be to be cored. I'm not saying this for sure, right? I don't know all of the uh, um, up to date techniques of of uh, bullion counterfeiters, right? But I know that a 10-ounce bar, 20-ounce kilo, something like that, you know, it's a lot, it's very common at least to, to make a, a core, a tungsten core or whatever inside of that uh, in order to, to try and fool machines or at least fool the, the specific gravity test. And then, you know, tungsten might be a more common one for gold uh, now that I think about it. But uh, there's you guys have seen some of the different techniques I use to fake uh, silver. And I just, I don't see it as often for something like, I don't know, silver buffalo coins, you know. In terms of, of where I'm buying them from, I, I don't have a whole lot of concern for it being faked, which is easy for me. But it also matters when I when I sell it, right? And, and the skepticism of the buyer, so... That's, you know, that's kind of, you know, if I can take a bit of an aside, I mean, that's kind of one of the real bummers in, in silver and gold stacking over the last, I don't know, well, it's, it's probably been around as, as long as silver and gold uh, coinage or bars have been around, right? I'm talking thousands of years, but, but counterfeits, I mean, it's a real bummer. Now, fortunately, today's technology, we, we have a ton of, of ways to... Uh, ensure that it's legit, right? You have the fancy uh, Sigma testers and you have a little bit less sophisticated but still very useful tests like specific gravity, uh, scratch tests, and and, and uh, there's the magnet test, and, and there's probably some other ones. There's the ping test, some other ones that I'm forgetting, but still kind of a bummer, right? I think it turns some people off uh, and, and certainly to some otherwise very nice products, right? What's, what's the government coin that's most infamous for being counterfeited a lot it's it's probably the chinese panda right that's what would be you know that's what would come to mind and and historically it has been very nice design now again talking premium way too high for me to snack on a regular basis i get it you can sell them for higher premium in the future but i'm that's not my game right now but i think you know that's in in the back of every panda stacker mind uh, especially if they're they're not buying them from a reputable source you know what is this a legit or is it a counterfeit, right? Eventually, you get good at detecting it just by sight, but still. Um, anyways, you know, going back to what I stack or what I like right now, yeah, I like the one-ounce stuff versus the bigger stuff. I'd say I'd roll it out. You know, there's something we said for 10-ounce, you know, 
20 ounce kilo or even 100 ounce, right? Uh, I saw some in Facebook sharing some some just beautiful pictures of like some Engelhardt 100 ounce uh, uh, silver bars, the the ones with the um, the squared off edges, right? Right, not so much like a port or or something like that, but but the uh, squared off edges on the Engelhardt and, and just a great finish and, and you know that's you know some goals right there you know with, with my budget I'm not uh, I'm not going to be stacking 100 ounce bars though uh, I'm not going to be trading my, my smaller denominations for the larger one because what you know if, if your stack is made up of just a couple hundred ounce bars and that's it I mean that's that's not liquidity right there right uh, if you need to dip into that <laughs> you're going to have to sell a lot right off of that right 100 ounce bar is is what I mean at 16 50 an ounce that's 650 dollars and what happens if you just need uh you know to make it a couple days before payday so you know not to mention you know if, if things get really bad economically uh it's there's no guarantee that people are going to have the capital go out and buy that or what if you need to barter right so all these, these are all considerations right that's why I usually stick to one ounce stuff if I can not exclusively but you know uh, as far as this government minted stuff, you know, I did, I didn't mention, but I, uh, I picked up some of Australia's, um, what's it called? I think it's called the Next Generation series, uh, and it's now Next Generation. I'm a, I'm a bit of a Star Trek fan. Is that the name of it? Of, of one of the series? I feel like it is, but that's not what this is. It's not a Star Trek series. Those have been done. Uh, this one is uh, a, an animal series, right? And so what's depicted on the coin is uh, a parent, I'd assume the mother, uh, animal, and then uh, a child. Right? So the ones I picked up was just, uh, I think I got three of them, of the uh, koala ones, right? Um, my wife's a big animal fan, and, and I guess I am too, so, so I figured she'd like those. And, and I don't know, I don't know where they're going to go in terms of, of mintage and, and uh, uh, how popular they are and whatnot. So, so we'll see. We'll see on those. Um, they are two ounce ones uh, versus one ounce, which is uh, a little bit different. Um, two ounce government minted coins are not all that common. I mean, where do you see it? Do you see it in maybe some of the Lunar series from from Australia? Maybe they have some other two ounce stuff. Of course, the Queen's Bees series from all the way over in the UK, but but they're not as common. But but I like them. They're a little thicker, and and uh, you know one of the one of the, I, I don't know, I get it, from Perth Mint's perspective, or from the UK Mint and their you know, Queen's Beast and whatnot, they make series, right? And it it sells more product, I'm guessing. It moves product, right? And you see it across the board. And as, as far as justifying a higher premium for this stuff, it kind of sucks because, you know, the first uh, Next Generation or whatever they're called, series coin that came out, which I think was a Koala, it's it's new, right? And and they're promoting it as such. But then, you know, at some point it doesn't really matter a ton what the mintage was, because now we have the alligator, and, and next we'll have you know like the kangaroo or whatever else they have uh, coming out, and and it kind of takes away from from every other coin that's been minted, right? Same thing goes for the queen's piece. I mean, I couldn't even tell you all the. the different ones. They have the dragon, they have the lion, they have the, what, the griffin, they have uh, the unicorn, and, and maybe I'm forgetting some other ones, but, you know, each additional one kind of takes away from the last. Uh, 
right? And, and it helps maybe if you make some of them more exclusive than others, but yeah, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, right? And so, uh, but, but still, I do like them. They're limited vintage. I don't remember exactly what they are, uh, but, but, you know, I, I definitely check those out if you're into two-ounce stuff or animals or whatever. Um, otherwise, you know, as far as, as kind of none of the above type silver, so not generic, not cover minted, that leaves, you know, what, like poured silver, um, art type silver, I mean, sterling silver, uh, junk silver, constitutional. I'll talk about that in a second, but as far as all that other stuff I just mentioned, not really buying it. I just can't justify the premium. Uh, but, but as far as constitutional or 90% silver, uh, still a big fan of it, right? I have some and it's, uh, I actually went a long time before I actually bought it, right? Uh, don't know why, but I finally just picked up some quarters. This was, this was many months ago. Uh, but it's, it's nice. It offers that fractional, uh, value without the premium of fractional silver. I mean, junk silver is oftentimes found close to spot, but I'm, I'm not going to stack it exclusively or stack heavy in, in, in 90% silver for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, there's this talk about recognizability, which is, which is fairly valid, right? And it's divisibility, right? Or, or it's, you can use very small denominations, a dime or, or a quarter, which is much smaller amount of silver than, than say a a full one ounce round, but there's the 90% piece of it, 90% silver, right, and I don't know who or for what reason I'm going to be selling my silver in the future, silver is silver, the silver content is, you know, why it's valued as, as it is, but there, there are some considerations, you know, when you have 90% silver versus 3.9 or 4.9 silver, it's less pure, and, and I'm guessing it's a little bit more work to, to refine, right? And I'm also going to guess that if, if you're a refiner, I don't know, but I would think it wouldn't make a ton of sense to just throw a bunch of 3.9 and 4.9 silver in with 90%. Maybe that's what they do. I don't know what their, their kind of standard practices are right? Uh, but, but generally speaking, if you're not selling silver to somebody that is then going to sell it to somebody for, for monetary use, it's probably going to be for industrial use or medical use, which usually demands a higher purity of silver, right? Uh, so, so what do I do with the, the 90% silver? I mean, I'm going to keep it and it, it's worth the 90%, but, but that's just kind of one thing that for me, you know, I'd rather have the three, nine or the four, nine silver, honestly, right? There's some advantage to the 90%, but I mean, let me ask you this question. I mean, if it was, uh, just 90%, gen, you know, generic silver, and I'm not talking, it doesn't have, uh, George Washington's face on it. doesn't have, uh, FDRs would you still buy it? Probably not, right? Because of that lower purity, right? You'd want the 3.9 or the 4.9. And, and that's kind of where I'm at on the subject, right? So that's why I'm not going to, that's one of probably many reasons that I'm not going to stack it heavily, right? It, it has a place. It has a role in my stack, but it's not going to be the foundation. And I have, you know, some reservations about it. Uh, otherwise, um, 
again, at these prices, $16.50, still reasonably uh, affordable. You know, as far as gold, which I haven't really talked about much to, to, up to this point, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any. I'm not going to buy it, right? Look at the ratio right now. Right? And that's kind of been the case for, for much of the time that I've had this channel or born been in silver. You know, the ratio is just too high for me to justify it. I get, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go deep into the arguments for gold, but it's just not not in in the future for me right now. You know, I'd much rather get some gold in the future because of, of offloading some silver, trading silver for gold at a much more uh, attractive ratio. That's what that's what I'd prefer to do in the future. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I mean, sixteen fifty—it's a reasonable level. The ratio, like I said, is is very high. So, uh, I mean, what what can I say besides you know stack on at these prices? They're, they're not going to be here to stay. I'm not, I you know, there's the possibility of fifteen fourteen dollars silver again in uh, the the fall of this year, right? Um, but but the trend is certainly up. This is a, a bull market, guys. So so keep that in mind um, and, and stack on. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.